UMGoBlue.com. By fans, for fans. Since 1999. Hello, welcome to this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with... Andy Anderson. And we're going to talk about Michigan's victory over Air Force by a score of 29-13. to 13. Well, Andy, what did you think about that one? First of all, it's nice that it was a victory. It wasn't clear-cut for a long time. Whether it was going to be a victory, they were plenty close. You have to hand it to Air Force because Calhoun had Michigan's number. Defensively, he planned a great game in the offense, which stymied four times in the red zone and had a kick at field goal once from further out. The defense, the special teams, carried the day. The special teams provided 22 points. They couldn't have won without that. And uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones had an outstanding, what was it, 74-yard run that electrified the whole place, 100 or 111,000 people in there, and he electrified them. And there are, you said that there are rumors that Derek Black may be out for a considerable length of time. Again, again, well, again, I, I can't say if it's true. That's the whole point of it being a rumor. Yeah. Um, and, uh, again, we know that he went down at the end of the game and they were being secretive of, of what happened. Um, you know, my takeaway from the game, Andy, was a little more positive than last week. You know, I was really down last week because the offense was sputtering, special teams were horrible, and, and the defense was was uh, was pretty good. At least this week we saw special teams take a step forward. Um, and, you know, the, the, the field goal kicking has been superb this season, and, and it maintains so. But the big thing was catching the punts, you know, before they hit the ground. Um, you know, you can't count on uh, taking it to the house the way Donovan Peoples-Jones did every game. But you got to make sure that special teams aren't hurting you. And last week, they really looked um, substandard. Um, you bet. Now, the larger question is, what's going on on the offense? Um, what did you see out there? Well, I saw, I thought Calhoun did an excellent job. In uh, in his chess game with Harbaugh, he out-chessed Harbaugh. Harbaugh was not as confident of his offense as you think he might be because he, he, uh, the plays were vanilla. He was stubborn. He keeps throwing those fades into the – when he gets in the red zone, he throws those fades. Uh that uh, uh, Spate does not do very well sometimes. And I wondered where the tight ends were and where the slots were more, where the short passing game was. Uh, we do know that the running game uh, could have a problem because uh, uh, they, they aren't overwhelming. They're, they're doing well in everything, but it's just still not a great running game. They still couldn't advance the ball. When they were down close in the red zone, they just stalled and stalled and stalled. 
It was an incomplete pass here. It was a run that was stuffed, one or one or two yard run, or one that lost yardage. So they've got some problems to work out. The happy thought is that they will do it. Remember, Ruddock struggled for the first few games that he was uh, in. Getting used to new receivers is not an easy, as easy a thing as you think. And I think he's struggling some with that. He's also making a few careless mistakes. So but I think they'll work it out, and by the end of the year, they'll be the team that we wanted them to be today. Well, I, I, I think there are two main problems when I look at the offensive side of the ball. Um, first is the offensive line is, is really inconsistent. Um, when, yeah. I, when I went and broke down the tape um, of the game, there were more than a few times that they seemed to confuse assignments. You know, there were a couple times they went to double-team guys and were letting guys run right up the middle. To me, it, the biggest problem still seems to be the, the center guard gaps on both sides. Um, you know, again, the, I don't know if it's a, you know, we don't know enough about what the calls are, but it could be that they're not calling the, the proper blocking patterns before plays. They're definitely not picking up guys, um, you know, all the time. So so that that is a fundamental problem that, that is pretty serious and is going to, have to be resolved. <clears throat> you know, the other problem is spate. Okay, and and I've been reluctant to uh, to criticize them in a systemic way because you know it takes a while. Like you said, it takes a while to get sync, in sync with new receivers. It takes a while to even get into game speed. But we're a quarter of the way through the season, and it's starting to look. You know, you mentioned Rudock. Um, you know that was Rudock's first year in the in the program. Um, I guess you know when we were talking about things we knew heading into this season, one of the things I assumed is that we would have decent to above decent quarterback play. That you know Spade is not a Heisman Trophy candidate quarterback, but but he showed signs of being pretty good last year. Um, and, you know, he tailed off at the end, but, again, the team in general struggled at the end. Uh, he is so inconsistent this year, Andy. And, again, we're quarter, we're quarter of the way through. So what do you think is going on there? I have no idea. I know that Harbaugh is going to stick with him and is doing everything that he can to defend him and keep his confidence. I think he'll prove. I think he'll have some good games when he's supposed to have good games. What I worry about is when he gets to the better teams, how he's going to do. Right now, I'm worried about Purdue. We'll find out if our pass defense is really real because we haven't faced a really good passing quarterback this year yet. And uh, when they do, we'll see how good we are. One thing that I'm really impressed about is the improvement, the improvement of the linebackers this year in the defense. Devin Bush is some player. He really moves around, and he's not a real big guy. He's not much bigger than us. More athletic by, by three miles, but not much bigger. And he's getting around and playing. A couple of them had 11 tackles. 
that's yeah, that's that's pretty pretty darn impressive. So that defense should continue to improve barring injuries, and uh, maybe they can carry the offense until it does hit that magic moment when they can handle complex situations and can score points again. Well, I will tell you, uh, my big concern, I, I know that, um, you know, there were some concerns uh, among people, observers, about the defense versus Air Force. But, you know, you're talking about pretty much a gimmick offense. Um, you know, again, they ran it well. Um, but, you know, the issue I have moving forward is, okay, look at that game. Up until that last touchdown, the offense was completely being overshadowed in scoring by special teams. Um, and, and that's great. I mean, special teams are a nice bonus. But, you know, I don't think that's going to get the job done against the, the, the better teams. Um, you know, the question, the question you have now is, you know, how quickly can they correct the problems on offense? And... You know, again, there are rumors of, of injuries. You know, this is the time of year where guys start getting chipped up. Um, you have Purdue, which which actually looked pretty good. Um, you know, put some points on the scoreboard, and then you have a bye, and then you have Michigan State. So this is going to get real very quickly, and they really need to improve drastically over the next uh, you know three weeks. I think that they'll be having an all-out attitude. It's a Big Ten game coming up with Purdue, and I heard some of them talking afterward that the attitude changes when you come to the Big Ten schedule, that everybody gets serious, pays more attention, and every game's a bowl game, that sort of stuff. But they actually were saying stuff like that, and it kind of impressed me that they're going to be paying better attention and uh, really be working harder because... It's a Big Ten game. Now the question is, how good will they be away from home? I know they played at Arlington, and that's away away from home. And one, but then they get down there in that little stadium where all those people hollering in their ear and Purdue resurgent. They put down Missouri. I, did you hear the score of that? I never did, but I know that they beat Missouri handily. They, so, yeah, they definitely put together a nice performance. Um, you know, they, they won 35-3. to So they uh, they put together, again, that's the thing. I mean, they, they put together some points. Um, now, again, uh, you know, Purdue's 2-1. And, and this is a game traditionally that is, that is tough for a while. And then, you know, Michigan usually, uh, you know, rises to the top. The question is, is that we've seen three games where Michigan has struggled in the first half and sputtered a little bit in the third quarter and then finally put things together and, and pushed teams uh, in the rearview mirror after that. You know, that's a dangerous way to live. Um, and, you know, the question is, too, you mentioned, you know, we've talked about this before. Michigan has not played exceptionally well on the road. So you look at a team that's Good defensively, looks like they're bringing it together on special teams, but again, offense is going into a place that's going to be real loud. Um, I, and you know, it, it's a afternoon slash night game. You know, it's going to be a four o'clock kick. 
So the, the fans will be a little bit amped up there. So it, it's funny to say, I, I don't think we would have predicted this prior to the season, but the Purdue game kind of looks like it's going to be a, a, a pretty important one on setting the tone for the rest of the season. Well, for the rest of the season, there's nobody records you can look at, uh, look at that couldn't give you a game. But I think that defense is going to progress geometrically as the season progresses, barring injuries, that they're going to get much, much better. And if they have a style, if they're against a style of play that they see more often and understand, and they can tee off on the other team, they're going to suppress the other side. So the defense gives me hope. The offense gives me concerns, but it could get better. We're not in a desperate situation yet. After all, we got three big. Uh, the number three in the win column and zero losses right now. So we're uh, finding a way to do it, and it's a good thing that the other, the other two elements of a football team are coming through when they're needed and supporting the offense. You knew that the defense would have to carry this team this year. There wasn't any doubt of that, even at the start, was there? No, and, and I have to say, I'm going to admit that I'm. Uh, I'm going to admit that I was wrong. You know, a lot of people. You know, the general consensus was the defense was going to be fine um, after, and 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 again, definitely, you know, strong. Um, and I thought, well, you know, you're, you're missing your Bill Peppers, you're missing Jordan Lewis, um, you're missing Taco Trout, and I don't see how that defense gets any better. You know, with losing those three guys. So far, they look great. And, and I have to say that they definitely have looked, um, they've exceeded their billing, okay? Yes, yep, they have. And, and again, yep. I'll be the first one. I was kind of calling, uh, you know, I was kind of saying everybody to hold back the drama that, uh, you know, I did, again, as I said, I didn't see how you could, how losing those three players, uh, you would end up with a better defense. So far, the defense looks stout. So, um, you know, it, seems, it seems to me Harbaugh has recruited better on the defensive end of things than he has on the offensive end. Um, those kids that are playing in the defensive backfield and linebackers are really there are some really great athletes back there. They really know what they're doing um, at this stage in their development, and I think that's amazing. I also think. Harbaugh and Michigan coaches offense, coaches defense better than they do offense. And I've thought that for quite a while. Well, and I guess, you know, I, I still think there's a little bit of a hangover of the recruiting from the from the previous regime. Um, mm -hmm. And again, that was definitely last year. I mean, those were hoax players who had been coached up and doing real well. Um, you know, I, the the thing I struggle with is, listen, we know Harbaugh can coach quarterbacks. We know he can pick quarterbacks. I think that's what's kind of frustrating about what we're seeing from Spade is I'm not seeing steady improvement. You know, one of the things that, um, you know, to jump over to the defensive side of the ball um, Don Brown likes to talk about it. He likes to see every player have an up arrow. 
meaning every player is improving gradually, and eventually you're going to get to a, a real good place. Well, when you're talking about a second-year starter at quarterback, you're expecting Spade to be the anchor. And again, you know, you can point to the stats and say, yeah, they're doing okay, but you know, you look at the red zone, he just doesn't look confident out there. Um, now, to a man, everybody will talk about how he you know, owns the huddle and everybody, he, everybody's got his back and they're saying all the right things. But, and again, you, know, you, you can talk about the, the, the psychos out there. You know, last week, um, players were talking about how Spade had gotten death threats. And, you know, listen, you can still be a fan of the guy. You can still be a Michigan football fan. And, and express concern about the quarterback position. Okay, so let's let's start. Let's put that out there. I, well, you should be concerned about it because it hasn't been producing. When they don't score tip touchdowns, they score one touchdown in a game in the last minute and two seconds of the game. Uh, that's not good. And it, if they're not scoring offensive touchdowns, it's a combination of things, and a big part of that is Wilton State. There isn't any way to look around that question, avoid or evade, or get rid of it. It's there. That's the way it is. So, but also Wilton uh, has a leaky line there that they forget their protection, their protection sometimes, and uh, they mess up. They go the wrong way. They do things like that. They're still learning. They're still very young, especially on that right side. So. He's got some things to deal with and something to overcome. We'll see how good he can be. I'm hopeful that by the end of the year, he'll be pretty good and he'll have his best games at the end of the year this year in contrast to last year where he had his best games at the first of the year. Now, I am going to bring up something. Remember, I, I said you know, early in the season, earlier before the season, we were talking about who was going to be the starter? You know, was it going to be Spate? Was it going to be Brandon Peters? Um, Dan O'Corn? Oh, sorry, John O'Corn. I'm not going to make that mistake again. Um, and, uh, you know, I would say to John, you know, if he played better, I'd definitely remember his name. But anyway, um, the point being is that if you had gone back to when Harbaugh came in, would you have expected that? three years in, he wouldn't have one of his recruits playing yet. Okay? And I would be surprised by that. And I guess that's where I'm at right now, is I'm really wondering, you know, at what point, um, how much rope does Spade have? Okay? I mean, if we, you know, if you stumble through Purdue, if you stumble through Michigan State, um, okay, I assume you saw Penn State, right? Penn State looks like a machine right now. And I'll tell you, I, I don't want to play Penn State right now, especially in their place, probably going to be a night game. So the question is, you know, how much rope does Spade have? And what do we need? Is winning enough? Um, you know, is barely getting by enough? And I guess I put that to you, Andy. I think he has quite a bit of rope because I don't think Jim is the kind of person that's going to give in to public outrage of any kind, or if he has a couple of losses, he's going to try and support him and rehabilitate him. I don't think that he thinks 
that he has an adequate replacement. If somebody out there was better than status right now, they'd be planned. I believe if he does believe in the meritocracy, and he will do what he has to do to win. But I also think that he's stubborn, and he's not going to throw state through the window. He's got to lose a couple of games and look bad doing it to be replaced. Hmm. Fair enough. So, okay, so you're saying he has to lose a couple games before he's in any danger? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think I think Harbaugh will do everything he can to keep him in there and to make sure that he's still confident and still playing. I'd like to see some of the other other aspects of the offense improve, improve and uh, better patterns run. And if he if he gets a feeling for his new receivers. I think that will make quite a difference. He's got that feeling with only one that I can see, and that's Perry. Yep. The other guys. Yeah, the other guys, it's it's real hit or miss at this point. Yeah, you bet. And well, we're going to miss Terry. We're going to miss Black if he's gone. Well, I'm sure we'll we'll hear something about that tomorrow. Um, that'll give Pete Donovan Peoples Jones a better chance, and it's my opinion that Donovan Peoples Jones has a lot of talent. When he gets the ball, uh, he knows what to do with it. So, all right, well, that's yeah. going to give him a bigger chance. That's what I'm trying to say. All right, well. That's going to do it for this edition of the UMGoBlue.com podcast. This is Phil Callahan along with Andy Anderson. Go Blue. Thank you for listening to the UMGoBlue.com podcast. All rights reserved. Search for UMGoBlue.com on iTunes. Go Blue.